Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to gore, racism, slavery, human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Conquistador, Spanish for fucking asshole. I'm Kelly. Watch as Disney's newest princess, La Malinche, rains her terrible vengeance down upon those who wronged her. I'm Adam. Message for you, sir. It just says, everyone in Spain is calling Cortez a dick. Oh, you wait six weeks. I'll be right there. I'm Andy. So let me get this straight. You're going to sail 4,000 miles to find King Zippa's bathwater? I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This week, we're going to be talking about conquistadors. Oh, those wacky conquerors. <laughs> yeah. So, conquistador is the Spanish word for conqueror, which comes from Latin conquistis, meaning to seek for. Seems a little on the nose. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, conqueror to me doesn't feel like a word that means to seek. It means a word to take over, but I mean, that's just me. Conquistador seems a little on the nose oh, for what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. I seek to own this place. <laughs> yeah. And all these people. These are our genociders. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very weird ranking system. Send out the disease bags. <laughs> Worst basketball team ever. So needless to say, that word got twisted a little in the last few thousand years, so it doesn't so much mean to seek anymore. There isn't a fear of conquistadors, but by God, there should have been. <laughs> I'm I, pretty sure there was. It's just falling out of favor. <laughs> if they suddenly showed back up, I might be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't have science, but we do have history. Spain footed the bill for Columbus's journey to America, and they made a fair amount in slaves as a result. So they sent many more expeditions in the coming century. And while they didn't all turn a profit, the ones that did were so obscenely profitable that it drew some of the most greedy and evil men of the time to seek their fortunes in America. And these explorers were called conquistadors. No one was like sailing across the seas on a charitable mission. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. I mean, they say there's gold, but I want pineapple. That's, that's not gold. It's nature's gold. So we're on to our acid pop quiz. It's very short this week, uh, but we've got a lot of stories to make up for our short quiz. So true or false, conquistadors were primarily rich nobles. Oh, I'd want to say true because I feel those like are the people true. who were given... Well, are, are we talking like all the conquistadors or just like the ones we know about? By and large. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to say false because only the nobles would be the, the leaders. Well, I mean, yeah, that's who I mean, the leaders. Oh. Like the leader of the group is the conquistador. Yeah, they're not going to give any schmo that sort of responsibility. <laughs> the rest of them are the conquistettes. <laughs> conquistador <laughs> is conquistettes. I want to say false. I mean, if you've already got all the money you need, why go across the ocean and murder a bunch of people? Yeah, you have all the money you need, but because you don't have all the money you could have. I have oh. all the money I need, but I, I can't pay enough to kill all the people I want. <laughs> money can't buy that kind of happiness. They won't let me kill the locals. <laughs> so Kelly nailed it. It is false. Conquistadors were mostly 
lower class poor nobles. Poor nobles. Yeah. So basically these were kids of old families that had sort of fallen on hard times. So they had the titles, but they had no means. And so the only way to get any power in the world was to go to America and try and find their fortunes. So they were just the wrong mix of arrogantly ambitious and feeling that they were unjustly betrayed by the world. So this created men with endless greed and non-existent mercy. So they took it out on the rest of the world. Not to be sympathetic, the idea of a noble getting a job was just, it was just (laughs) not done. Oh, so when they lost all their money, he didn't open like a noble bakery. <laughs> no, <laughs> but apparently uh, going out and slaughtering a bunch of people doesn't count as dirty work. Yeah. So <laughs> They were bitter about having to find a job. Yeah. Don't have to punch in and punch out. Just go kill whenever you feel it. Make my own hours. I'm my own boss. <laughs> Don't punch yep. in or punch out. Punch down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was our only true false. And we only have one fill in the blank. So before 1492, it's estimated that there were blank people living in America. And by 1700, it's estimated that there were blank people left of the original population. Looking Um, for like a percentage for the second one? No, it didn't number. I mean, you can give me a percentage. I can do the math. I'm going to say 1 million down to 200,000. Okay. I'll say 2 million and it went down by... 90%. 90%. Yeah, I also heard 90% or even like 95%. So we're going to say we started, I think we had a lot of people. Is this yeah. all the Americas? Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about those really big like Central American civilizations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 40 million mm-hmm. and then down by 95%. Yeah, well, you guys nailed the 90% part, but it's estimated that there were 145 million people in the Americas. And what? by 1700, it's estimated that there were about 15 million left. So, yeah. Really did a number there, Spain. <laughs> in 200 years, they killed about 130 million people. Jeez. Now, granted, there wasn't a census, so these are estimates, but still. <laughs> so we're onto our terms. What's an encomienda? Encomienda. Encomienda. Want me to call my grandmother? Yeah. Please excuse my Spanish pronunciation slaughters in this episode. Encomienda is a golden comb that you found. (laughs) Called beehives. An encomienda, I'm assuming, is made with tortillas, cheese, (laughs) vegetables. Yeah. They made it in celebration of killing so many people. It's a ship. Yeah. Well, if a conquistador did a good job, the king would grant him an encomienda, which was basically a plot of land. Everything on that plot belonged to you. If there were natives that lived there, congratulations, they belong to you too. You could do whatever you wanted with those, which usually meant making them slaves. Big chessboard. <laughs> I said E5! Whip, whip, whip. <laughs> so what was La... This is either La Rona or Yorona. I think it's La Rona. Um. Yeah, is it two? Okay, then it's Yorona. Yorona. It's Yorona. I don't know Spanish. I only learned it for four years and then gave up. Yeah, none of these words are striking any sort of bell. Uh, Yorona. (laughs) This is a name. It's not really a a thing. So I guess I should say, who was La Yorona? La Yorona headed the equivalent of the Aztec Underground Railroad. (laughs) It was the only female conquistador. I believe this might be the native woman who acted as a sort of guide and translator for Cortez. Mm, Well, we'll get to that. So 
This is the Weeping Woman, a Latin American Bloody Mary equivalent who drowned her children and then regretted it. She cries and screams for her dead children and causes misfortune for all who hear her. Well, hindsight, right? Yeah. So she's sort of a, I don't know, horror movie mythological figure. And we'll get to why she's important a little bit later. I feel like I'd start to regret it after the first child and (laughs) the rest might be spared. (laughs) Not sure how I felt about that first one. I've got a few more to try it out with. They're like Pringles. (laughs) Where do you draw the line? (laughs) So who was Zippa? Zippa. 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 Zippa, my boy. (laughs) It's the only Irish conquistador. (laughs) It's Monterey Jack's little buddy. Yeah. It's a very strong fly. (laughs) He got a little red shirt on. Uh, Zippa was a conquistador that really liked lighting things on fire. (laughs) It's clearly a horse's name. Mm. Well, Zippa (laughs) was a legendary Musca chief and was pretty much the origin of the El Dorado legend. So apparently Zippa just sloughed off gold and he would go to a <laughs> lake to wash himself off. Uh, this, it's a condition. <laughs> yeah. So this basically made a lake lined with gold on the bottom. And also huh. for no good reason, his people would throw golden trinkets into the lake too, because an entire lake made of gold wasn't enticing <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes our acid pop quiz. So we're on to our stories. Uh-oh. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Everyone died. The end. <laughs> So as far as I can tell, the whole mess with the conquistadors in America started in 1493 on Columbus's second trip to America. As we discussed in our inaugural episode, Columbus was convinced that there was there was gold to be had in America. They just had to find it. So a relatively young and poor nobleman named Diego Velasquez de Quilar was on that voyage with Columbus's son, Diego Columbus. So confusingly, they're both called Diego. So I'm going to call Columbus Jr. Diego, and I'm going to call the other guy Velasquez. You'd see him pulling up and he'd say, the double Ds. (laughs) So Velasquez distinguished himself. So in 1511, Diego sent Velasquez to Cuba to pacify the locals and set up some trade. So Play some calming music, some (laughs) aromatherapy. ASMR. (laughs) A selfish, jealous, and unkind man, Velasquez spent the next three years absolutely brutalizing the locals. In just three years, he had killed, enslaved, or sneezed to death every inhabitant of the island. Oh, good. Did you say sneezed? Yeah. Well, I got them diseases. Yeah. Smallpox was a big... Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> through line. You know, if they if you didn't get sold into slavery or just cut down, you died of smallpox. Pepper Some pretty cool something. syphilis going on. Yeah. So he set up several towns and named himself the governor of the largest one. Now, he was working for Diego, so Diego got a healthy slice of everything that Velasquez did. But Velasquez was greedy and never really liked Diego. So in 15- Took my name. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1515, he sent a big offering back to the king of Spain and said, look how much more money you'd get if we cut that Diego guy out and you dealt directly with me. The king decided he liked money and agreed. So Diego was out. <laughs> so another greedy, young, poor nobleman who was assigned to help Velasquez was her Fernando Cortez. Hello. (laughs) I want to stop here and say that in my reading, Cortez, by comparison, doesn't seem to be that bad of a guy, but he does have a bad habit of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Better branding. With the right weapons. Yeah. Uh, He did good work for Velasquez, though, so he got his own encomienda. Over the next few years, Velasquez would give Cortez a new job. He went from being a notary to the treasurer to a general to an explorer, and Cortez would do such a great job that it was making Velasquez jealous. 
<laughs> but the kid was dynamite, so he couldn't help but promote him. So this culminated in 1518 when Velasquez told Cortez that he could make an expedition to mainland Mexico to try and get some riches. But just to be a dick about it, Velasquez told Cortez that he would give him a few ships, but Cortez would have to recruit his own men. Cortez said, no problem, boss. And in a few months, he got another six ships and 300 men. Jeez. Velas- <laughs> go-getters. Yeah. Velasquez threw a jealous fit and canceled the expedition. However, Cortez got wind of this before the official order came through, so he took off. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> What's that? You're shouting on the shore? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear. It's the waves. The waves are really loud. Too busy conquering over here. <laughs> so Cortez swung around Cuba, gathering up more ships and men, and all the while, Velasquez kept sending more and more people to tell Cortez to get his ass back home. <laughs> he just kept recruiting the messengers. Yeah. <laughs> Cortez stayed one step ahead of them, and in 1519, he made it to Mexico with 11 ships, 500 men, and 13 horses. So this is where things just keep coming up Cortez. While exploring on a beach, he just happened upon a priest who was captured by the Mayans a few years back. He was on the lam and immediately agreed to join Cortez. Also, he spoke Mayan and knew the area, so he pointed Cortez to the nearest town. Cortez stomps in, kills a bunch of people, and the town surrenders. (laughs) To show goodwill, they gave him 20 female slaves. One of these slaves was La Melanche. La Melenche. La Melenche had a rough go of it. She was sort of a princess of a tribe, but when her dad died, she was sold into slavery. She got passed around from tribe to tribe for the next 10 years or so, which taught her all the local languages and seemed to have engendered a lot of hate towards damn near everyone in Central America. She seemed to really take a shine to Cortez, though, and with her at his size, he not only had someone who knew all the local dialects, but someone who wanted to make them all suffer. Great. Good. This is, yeah, this is a great gift to Cortez. (laughs) Yeah. So I mentioned La Llorona earlier, and some people think that it's based on this woman. Hmm. So Cortez hears about Tenochtitlan, the biggest, richest Aztec city in the neighborhood. Yes, Tecnotitland. Yeah. Tenochtitlan. I'm going to struggle with that every time, and it's written down here a lot. (laughs) (laughs) He sets off to meet with the leader, and he leaves some troops in the first town he came to his home base, and he tromps off into the woods. Along the way, he meets up with several local tribes who all pretty much hate Tenochtitlan and their leader, Moctezuma II. So they join Cortez, and on October of 1519, Cortez arrives in Cholula, the second largest city, with 1,000 additional troops he picked up along the way. Wanting to make a good impression, he kills every man, woman, and child and burns the town to the ground. Oh, good. Oh. Yep. That's last impression, too. Heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to shine out there. Well, you don't get a second chance to make first impressions. <laughs> yeah. Do you a- do if you kill everyone who meets you the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so Moctezuma was a bit of a dope. He hears about all this, and he decides that the problem was that Cholula had confronted Cortez, so that when Cortez arrives, he invited him in, thinking that he could get all buddy-buddy <laughs> with Cortez and learn his weaknesses. I bought your favorite beer. (laughs) Game's on. So Cortez shows up and finds tons of gold waiting for him. Moctezuma invites Cortez into his big old house where Cortez shrugs, takes Moctezuma hostage and uses La Melanche to translate. He tells every native to keep the gold coming or their deity leader is done for. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. So that, that plan didn't work out quite like Moctezuma planned. So Velasquez's men finally get their shit together and make it to the village that was acting as Cortez's home base. 
they quickly take it over. Cortez hears about this and he leaves his number two in charge of Tenochtitlan and heads back to base. When he gets there, he kills a few of Velasquez's troops and then basically shows the rest wheelbarrows full of gold and says, there's more where this came from. <laughs> Velasquez's men immediately join Cortez and they all head back to Tenochtitlan. Oh, but imagine being like the three guys that were killed yeah. and then Cortez is like, here, everybody else gets paid. Why? I like gold. Don't kill me. You get a gold pile. You get a gold pile. You get stabbed in the throat. You get a gold pile. <laughs> so while Cortez was out, though, some shit went down. There's mixed reports, but what happened was the Aztecs went to the conquistadors and said, hey, it's time for our big festival. The conquistadors allowed them to throw it. At this point, one of two things happened. Either one, the guy in charge was a sadistic bastard, and as soon as the Aztecs were all gathered together, he started to slaughter them wholesale. Or two, a big part of Aztec festivals was human sacrifice, which the conquistadors stopped. This was super important to the Aztecs, though, so they appealed to their local deity, that being Moctezuma, who didn't do anything, so they stoned him to death. <laughs> Either way, when Cortez got back, Moctezuma was dead and the locals were pissed. Cortez and his men took off running and made a break for Cuba. For the next year or so, Cortez gathered more men and went back to finish the job, but while he was gone, most of the population had died of smallpox, so he didn't have much of a task <laughs> killing the few survivors. Now, Cortez became the governor of Mexico. Yes, all of it, and would remain so for the next four years. Then a bunch of jealous conquistadors, including Velasquez, slandered his name, and he spent the rest of his life traveling back and forth to Spain trying to prove what a cool guy he was. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I'm the governor of Mexico. Doesn't that carry any weight around here? I've brought these three remaining natives. They'll speak up for me. <laughs> Stand up straight. Thing was, Cortez' magic luck was a very localized effect. So when he was in Spain, everyone thought he was awesome. But his territories in Mexico fell to anarchy. When he went back to Mexico to get things in order, everyone in Spain went on about what a dick he was. <laughs> and so back he would go. He basically did this until he died in 1547. Um, this is the importance of training a good second in command. Yeah. Yeah. Or marrying the queen. <laughs> so things didn't end well for Cortez, but his stories of killing natives and getting women and riches inspired a whole slew of conquistadors. What an inspiring legacy. <laughs> Here's also something I don't understand. It's like, that guy's such a freaking jerk, but he did get a lot of that doja. <laughs> yeah. So one such conquistador was Francisco Pizarro. He said, I'm a jerk with smallpox. I could do that. What's he got that I don't? He said, <laughs> Pizarro said, me not kill Superman. Me love sex. <laughs> <laughs> so Pizarro came to America in 1510 and did a fairly good job of killing and enslaving the locals. By 1523, he was the mayor of Panama and had an army of slaves mining up precious metals for him, making him quite rich. Makes him the king of butterflies. Yeah, just about. Mm -hmm. But he wanted more. In 1523, he set off to explore South America. Now, that's a rough area if you don't know the neighborhood, and quite a <laughs> few of Pizarro's men died on the way. But in 1526, they were making their way along a river and a raft floated by that was just overflowing with gold, jewels, and fancy fabrics. <laughs> just walking through the forest, I was like, why? <laughs> Is this a mirage? 
I wouldn't trust it personally. That sounds like bait. Yeah, this next part of the story is kind of weird. So first there's the raft that floats by that's just almost sinking under the weight of gold and jewels. Probably cursed gold. Uh, one floats by laden with beautiful women. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it looked like it was headed for a nearby town. So Pizarro sent word back to Panama, letting the new governor know that they hit the jackpot. Uh, The new governor sent back word that Pizarro had killed enough of his men and should probably come home. (laughs) You're not killing the right people. (laughs) Well, this is the part that I think is weird. Like they they saw this raft go by and he's like, quick, go back to Panama and tell him, which is like, you know, probably a couple of weeks. And they just apparently stood there and waited for that whole time. Did they but, at least catch the raft? No, apparently not. No, they waited for so, the next one to come by. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently at this point, Pizarro drew a line in the sand, invited those who desired wealth and glory to cross it. 13 men did, and they made their way to the closest town, finding all kinds of riches along the way. Nice. Pizarro came back with all his spoils, but the new governor still didn't like the idea. So Pizarro took a bunch of treasure back to Spain to give to the king in hopes that he would endorse Pizarro's expedition. (laughs) This is the easiest way to get around anything. Yeah. To any of you listening who are trying to come up with ways to get royalty to like you, big piles of gold are a great strategy. I mean, why not just take the gold and retire yeah why, why give question. it to the king because you well, want more gold yeah we'll we'll get to why this was a good investment so king charles quickly made pizarro a noble gave him a ship 180 men 37 horses and said godspeed so when pizarro found his way to the incan civilization in peru he went back there with his 180 men and arrived at the city of cajamarca which had an army of 30,000 men Ooh. <laughs> The leader of the town named Atahualpa saw this puny army and decided that they couldn't possibly be looking for a fight, so he went out with an escort of 4,000 men to meet Pizarro. So Pizarro sent his priest to meet with Atahualpa. He offered him a Bible. Atahualpa didn't know what the hell it was, so he tossed it aside. (laughs) The priest went back and told Pizarro, who said, He did what? (laughs) And he ordered his men to open fire on the Incas. That one was signed by Jesus himself. (laughs) Jesus. Never having seen gunpowder before, Atahualpa's men were mowed down and Atahualpa was taken captive. To spare his life, Atahualpa promised Pizarro that he would fill a 22 foot or 6.7 meter long, 17 foot or 5.7 meter wide, and 8 foot or 2.4 meter tall room full of gold it's weird that he had the measurements on him well yeah i I think what i think they were basically standing in a room and he's like i will fill this room with gold (laughs) and he promised to read the next bible that was given to him (laughs) and then while pizarro was standing there thinking it over he said he would fill it up twice more with silver don't know how the physics of that work but okay (laughs) and he did This took a while, though, and while all that gold was piling up, Pizarro began to suspect that this was just a ploy to buy time to get revenge. As soon as Atualpa finished, Pizarro said, Thanks a lot, but I've decided to burn you alive. We're good. Yeah, never let these people know that you have access to wealth. Yeah. (laughs) And that you're willing to just give it away. (laughs) Yeah. Still not wanting to die, Atahualpa knew that Pizarro wouldn't burn a Christian, so he agreed to convert to Christianity. Pizarro said, fair enough, had Atahualpa baptized, and then strangled him to death instead. Oh, good. Just just like in the Bible. (laughs) 
So Pizarro and his three closest buddies finished taking over Peru and they sent back boatfuls of gold to the king. He loved it and he told them to divide up Peru into quarters and play nice. The four friends then proceeded to swindle and kill each other while not <laughs> sending anything back to the king. <laughs> Pizarro was assassinated in Lima in 1541 by one of his former allies. What uh, a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, funny how like, he's like, here's some land and they're like, I'm wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Researching this episode was very hard. Uh, it seems to be a case of history being written by the victors. Mm -hmm. So the conquistadors got to write down all the best parts and leave out all the bad ones. So most of the websites about conquistadors go into extensive detail about their lives. But when it comes to the atrocities they committed, they say things like Cortez was less than kind to the locals. <laughs> So the conquistadors became very rich and powerful, and it seemed that they tried to sweep anything they did wrong under the rug. That may have worked were it not for one man, Friar Botolome de la Casas. So Botolome was one of the first Spaniards to come to the New World. He came over with Diego Columbus, asshole, went with Velasquez to, Col to Cuba, huge asshole, and worked with Cortez, also an asshole. Well, they say you judge a man by the company you keep, so maybe this <laughs> maybe guy should find some better friends. He was really trying to make them nicer people. Actually, He's that's just... exactly what he was doing. <laughs> From the get-go, he didn't like the way the natives were treated. As he saw atrocity after atrocity, he took copious notes, and he wrote things like, the Spaniards trained their fiercest dogs to attack, kill, and tear to pieces the Indians. The Spaniards mm. keep alive their dogs' appetite for human beings in this way. They have Indians brought to them in chains, then unleash the dogs. Mm. The Indians come meekly down the road and are killed. The Spaniards have butcher shops where the corpses of Indians are hung up on display, and someone will come and say, more or less, give me a quarter for that rascal hanging there to feed my dogs until I can kill another one for them. Oh, God. Oh, Christians. <laughs> he a also wrote town full of a uh, Bruce Boltons. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote, they snatch young babies from their mother's breasts and then dash out their brains of the innocent against the rocks. Others they cast into rivers, scoffing and jeering at them and called upon their bodies when falling from derision, the true testimony of their cruelty to come to them. The inhumanely exposed others to the merciless sword, together with the mothers that gave them life. You want water babies? Because that's how you get water babies. <laughs> so he wrote how conquistadors got bored just hanging the natives. So they would hang them so their feet just touched the ground, which wouldn't kill them, and then wrap them in straw and set them on fire. Jesus. <sighs> They dug giant pits and lined them with stakes, then threw men, women, and children in. They either got impaled by the stakes or were left to starve to death in the pits. Well, I mean, that is less than kind. The, yeah. the suffering is correct. <laughs> they didn't give you a magnitude of how less. <laughs> so they would forge new weapons and test their sharpness by seeing if they could hack off a limb of a native in a single stroke. they to run out of natives. <laughs> they enslaved them and worked them nonstop until they died. Pregnant women were allowed to stop literally long enough to give birth and then were immediately put back to work. They would strike deals with the locals promising to leave if they gave the Spanish enough gold. Then as soon as they got all the gold, they would set the village on fire. Okay, we're leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> so Bortolome was sickened by the Spanish. 
1515, he went back to Spain and basically told everyone who would listen that they needed to stop the conquistadors in their wholesale slaughter of everyone they saw. And everyone responded, haven't you seen this gold? Yeah. The, <laughs> every, everybody with their gold teeth and cool chains. I don't know God personally, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to like this. <laughs> thing was, the money was literally pouring in, so Spain didn't really want to stop. But he came up with a plan. Why not take a bunch of black slaves over there so that the natives didn't have to work so hard? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, well. Problem solved. <laughs> Spain reluctantly agreed, but Bartolomé came to realize that this was a stupid idea <laughs> after the black slaves were almost as poorly treated as the natives. Ah, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Take all the atrocity we have here and move it over here. (laughs) So he started advocating for everyone to just calm down. But every time he went to America, another group of conquistadors set sail. And every time he went back to Spain, the natives attacked and killed a bunch of conquistadors. Can't imagine why. (laughs) Yeah. So he just couldn't win. He wrote countless works about the atrocities in America and was brought to court several times on charges of treason against the crown for his writing. But (laughs) Each time, he would basically call damn near anyone to stand up and say, did all that shit I wrote down happen? And they would go, well, yeah. And <laughs> yes, sir. He lived to the age of 90, and he spent most of his life wow. setting up safe zones for natives and African Americans to live there. He wrote many books and pamphlets about what he saw, and he even wrote one with instructions to be released 40 years after his death, so that, really? quote... If God determines to destroy Spain, it may be seen that it is because the destruction they wrought in the Indies and he just had just reason for it may clearly be evident. <laughs> so he basically wrote a book that was justifying the apocalypse that he saw coming for Spain. <laughs> well, And uh, for our final story here, I want to share what may be one of the most badass stories I've ever heard. Uh, I I I thought you were going to say horrible, and I was like, so it's not another nice priest then. (laughs) So while Bartolome was tagging along with Velasquez in Cuba, Velasquez had captured the Teano chief named Hatui and had tied him to a stake ready to burn. Bartolome went up to him and said, listen, when you die, you either go to paradise forever, which is called heaven, or you burn for all eternity in hell. If you accept Jesus right now, you can go to heaven. Hatue thought for a second and asked if there were Spaniards in heaven. Totolome <laughs> said yes, and the chief replied, in that case, I'd rather go to hell. <laughs> oh, well, they're there too. Sorry. He gave the first middle finger and hopped away tied to a stake. <laughs> And that was the last of the stories that I had about conquistadors. Anyone have any personal stories about conquistadors? Well, it, it's just like you were. When I was a kid, you'd hear about conquistadors. It was like, yeah, they they uh, they conquered Mexico. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Bye, kids. Yeah, yeah, pretty much just the uh, less than kind description. Or like you get a book, it's like, look at these cool Spanish knights. Yeah, <laughs> they've got neat hats and they're shiny. <laughs> And you don't like they don't teach you like yeah they went through there and basically killed every single person yeah yeah I mean we still have to a large extent like I mean look at all three three of us look at the numbers we guessed for the population of the Americas yeah, right? yeah. like we're given this idea that it was mostly empty with like two tents somewhere yeah. in the middle <laughs> yeah one yeah. golden pyramid called Technotitland. <laughs> yeah when I decided to research this episode I'm like man this is going to be a piece of cake those guys were asshats there's like there's going to be so much stuff and I was I could find nothing like nothing till you found that priest 
Yeah, like everything that I found that was bad came from this priest, and he was Spanish. He wrote everything in Spanish, so I only found very few translated things that he had written, which were basically all my sources. I mean, not to defend the conquistadors or anything, but it kind of sounds like the Aztecs weren't doing so great at making friends either. Yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get back to the Aztecs in a future episode, as we already learned about the uh, the death whistle. The only other right. conquistadors I know of are vampires. Yeah. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? Hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of horrible <laughs> stuff they did. I'm not going to ask you to do any of that, so, but... My cat hates human flesh. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that I kind of glossed over and a lot of sources I found did as well was how many times these guys sailed to America. I think Cortez made that trip three times and Ptolemy did it four times. So that trip took six to eight weeks of battling scurvy and praying that a hurricane wouldn't hit. So I wouldn't ask you, won't ask you how much to feed a person to a dog or throw them in a pit of spikes, but rather how much to make that voyage. Uh, Just one way? Yeah, one way. On a tall ship? Yeah. Yeah, in old-timey conditions. Right. The the thing is, to... At this point, had they learned how to combat scurvy, or was it just people getting drunk all day? Was just Wait, these getting... are conquistadors. They're very religious. Were they getting drunk on the boat? Yeah. Oh, Catholics okay. drink. <laughs> I don't know when they... I can't remember when they figured out scurvy. Well, the, yeah. I that's... feel like it was pretty early on. I, I don't remember the dates exactly, but there was basically like one guy... I can't remember who, but there was like one guy in one culture that figured it out but then other cultures didn't like that culture so they refused to acknowledge it for like the next 400 years the information (laughs) was out there yeah so it's it's going to be miserable but i suppose as my teeth are falling out i do have rum (laughs) yeah uh i am am i expected to work like a job or do i just have to make the voyage i know you're part of the crew like what part Well, you know more what they do on boats than me, but... <laughs> am I working on deck or am I, like, working in the kitchen? Uh, probably both at some point. Ugh. All your experience on tall ships, Adam. Yeah, right? All that rigging and <laughs> poop decks. Scrubbing the sails, I assume. <laughs> Eating whole bananas without peeling. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, this sounds miserable. Yeah. I get seasick. I would like... I do, too. I would like to be paid in a room full of gold <laughs> that is 27 feet long, 8 feet tall, and 17 feet wide. How many times do you want that room filled? <laughs> Just the once. <laughs> One will do. I'm a reasonable man. <laughs> Look, they're sending it down the river on rafts. They have extra. <laughs> Why were they get rid of, getting rid of all that I'm stuff? Telling you, that was the cursed gold. <laughs> I, I think... I don't know. My guess of what was going on was basically it was just moving from one town to another no. and everyone knew not to screw with them. So like, eh, we'll just push it out there. It'll it'll get there. Uh, it's going to have to take a lot of money. Enough to replace all your teeth. With gold. Yeah. I mean, if it would still be miserable even if I wasn't expected to work because there's going to be, at the very least, from experience, two weeks of that trip where I'm going to be just seasick to the point where I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I've already taken my gold. I don't know how much that's worth. <laughs> you might have to quantify that. Can I have a ship that's peopled entirely by women? <laughs> sure. Thank you. They're all going to be miserable, though. <laughs> that's fine. I want I want so much money. Six weeks. <laughs> six I want... After six weeks, I'm jumping in the water. <laughs> that's all I've got in me. And you're just like chewing on dried meat. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, bring a book. And like maggoty bread. I guess maggots aren't on bread. Maybe they are. Weevils. Oh, Weevils in the flour. Yeah, they just add to the taste. Okay, the world's largest gold bar is worth $9.5 million. <laughs> wow. And it is 18 inches wide by 9 inches uh, long by uh, 6 inches tall. All right, now do the math, city boy. <laughs> no. I, so I guess I'm asking for a lot of money. <laughs> you know what? I'll just take the one bar. <laughs> I want $15 million. $15 million. You know, No, wait. I want... <laughs> Add some zeros. I want sixteen million. <laughs> 16. I want ten million for going on the trip, and then one million for each week I am on that trip. Mm, okay, a so, million a week salary plus a ten million arrival signing bonus. bonus. Yeah. Oh no! See, I just took nine point five million dollars, but it's in a big bar that weighs five five hundred and fifty one pounds. <laughs> Don't bring it on the boat. But as miserable as it sounds, like I think I could do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go 500,000. Uh, that's pretty cheap. Man, can I? Can I, I don't like boats. Can I beat 500,000? I don't think I get seasick, so I'll be okay. The only thing I would need is a guarantee that my diabetes wouldn't kill me somehow. So if you gave me. I need a guarantee that any of that stuff is not going to kill me. <laughs> Send you with a mini fridge. Yeah. Yeah. But barring that, so that would be. Oh, man. I, I don't think I can oh, beat. With all your bouldering, you'll be a whiz at climbing the mat. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think I can beat. And you used to be in swimming, so if you fall overboard, yeah, I can catch that. You boat. won't be able to catch up. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll, you'll stay aloft for a while. <laughs> you'll make a good show of it, like a real old world open water. Befriend a dolphin. Well, yeah, but the thing about me is that I I sink. So as soon as I stop swimming, that's it. No, but it's the ocean. You you float better. Oh, do you? Let's say yeah. you got real close, to like Cuba and Florida, so you find some friendly manatees, <laughs> all those stellar sea cows <laughs> that we haven't killed yet. Yeah. yeah, there's a shit ton of them right now. People think they're mermaids. <laughs> I don't think I can beat five hundred thousand. I think I'd have to do seven hundred and fifty. So there's a pretty big gap between Adam and I, <laughs> and Kelly and Andy. <laughs> I don't like a boat, yeah. and I also don't like being cold. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be cold. You'd be going right along the equator on, there. Even in the winter, like out in the open ocean, it stays fairly warm. Mm. <laughs> I also don't like being muggy. <laughs> 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 Also, oh, don't care for boats or water <laughs> I or I work. <laughs> I don't touch the stuff. Fish fuck in it. <laughs> no, I, I always had to tell them there's nothing but sharks and jellyfish out there. I don't want to go in. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me today. Thanks to Gerard, our awesome editor. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can join us on our subreddit, Acid Pop Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast for updates almost every month. Or you can send us an email at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. What was the, who was the princess that helped Cortez? Uh, La Macha? Close. It's uh, the man of La Macha? <laughs> La Malinchi. La, La Manin- say Malinchi. M- Malinchi. M-A-L-I-N-C-H-E. Malinchi. Malinchi. Galombi. It was La Malinchi? Yeah. I don't know why. I'm going to go down to the store.
Okay. And Adam hasn't gone though. No, I was I was waiting for Andy to leave so I wouldn't have to worry about Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh, look at me, Trump, I guess. Trump, Trump, Trump. Yep, that's Andy's Donald Trump impression. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh. What was it again? Lament, lament. Uh, I closed it. Uh, I think Dang. it's. Hold on. <laughs> I'll open it again. Malinchi. La, La Minche. La Minche. Ma Lynch. Ma Lynch. Yeah. La Ma La Ma Lynch. <laughs> Dang it. Why is this so hard? <laughs> I'm probably saying it wrong anyway, so don't worry about it. You want to spell it for him again? Uh, M-A-L-I-N-C-H-E. La Ma Lynch. I like Molly Nolly. <laughs> She had a sad story. Well, she got hers back. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta think about agency in that too. She was sold to him as a slave. Yeah. Working with him was probably the safest thing she could do. This this name, it's like the guy that nobody can remember in American Girl. <laughs> as soon as I look away from it, I forget it. Okay. I'm just I'm trying to word it and remember that name. Maninchi, Mamimbi. Stop it. Shalula. <laughs> the last Mimsy. The heater turned on. I don't know what to do. Uh, Hang on. Hey, Stinko. I haven't gone yet. The heater turned on. I did. Stupid heater always stealing the spotlight. Stop. David explained it to me once and I Explained what to you? Why I can't turn off the radio. <laughs> okay, heaters off now. Watch as Disney's rains her terrible vengeance down upon those who wronged her. I'm at <laughs> so I'm sorry, but you cut out right in the middle. Francis, you said the name. <laughs> Can you do it one more time? Would it be cut out on? Both sides, or it, just... it usually comes out on doesn't work on both sides. So I have to do it again, Andy. It cut out. <laughs> Sorry, I have to remember the name again.